0: Welcome to Working for Women, the Independent Women's Forum podcast, where we are changing the conversation about women and public policy for the better.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Julie Gunlock with the Independent Women's Forum and your host for today's Working for Women podcast. Today, I'm here with Kelsey Harkness, a senior reporter and producer for The Daily Signal and a contributor to the online magazine, The Federalist. Kelsey also hosts her own weekly podcast called Problematic Women which actually just happens to be what Kelsey and I will be talking about today. Uh, While the liberal mainstream media calls these women problematic, Kelsey and I prefer to call them conservative. Kelsey, thanks so much for joining me today.
0: Hi, Julie. Thanks for having me. Well, look,
1: um, so I'd like to set the stage here. um, And obviously, Kelsey, I know that you follow this issue. And I mean, the fact that you run a podcast called problematic, problematic women, um, you, you know, closely follow how conservative women are treated in the media. Uh, But I'd like to remind our listeners a little bit of just what it was like uh, for the women of the Obama administration. Um, Did they receive the same kind of harassment, really, from the media? And I would say abuse. Um, I don't think so. So let's just, you know, take a look um, at some of the prominent female Obama staffers, and obviously. Um, the first lady um, and the vice president's wife, Jill Biden. Um, but again, some of the some of the staffers first, Huma Abedin. Um, you know, obviously Hillary Clinton's right hand woman. Um, she was often dressed by major designers and featured in both entertainment magazines and also, um, uh, you know, fashion magazines, Vogue and and you know Elle and many of them. Um, And she was also dressed, even for her wedding, um, by a top designer. So uh, not bad treatment there. Um, Of course, you have the disgraced head of the DNC, uh, Congresswoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz. She had a glossy spread in vogue, complete with a makeover, where they ironed her hair. She looked fabulous. Um, And, you know, again, accompanying a slobbering, very positive story about her. Um, Samantha Powers, uh, U.S. ambassador to the U.N., um, similar, glowing spread about her being a working mom, a picture of her looking fabulous um, a, a, alongside her children. Um, that, was in, that was a vogue spread. And again, another sort of fawning article talking about what, an, what, what accomplishments and what a strong woman she is, what an admirable woman she is. Um, she was also named Glamour Women, one of Glamour, uh, Glamour's Women of the Year in 2015. And of course, you can't ignore the countless Michelle Obama spreads and covers. Just to, just to name a few, Glamour, Essence, Style, People, Parade, Vogue, Variety. I mean, that's just a, a very, very small sample. And the same thing with Jill Biden. She was featured in Elle Spread in, in 2013. Um, you even had, like, you know, less sort of you know, you had sort of the, the prominent figures and the sort of, you know, really beautiful members of the Obama administration, you know, being featured. But then you had really even even some serious policy people. Valerie Jarrett, which is a close advisor of the president, you know, she was featured in Capitol File Newsweek, um, and many other magazines. So and again, I think the story I think it's important to say it wasn't just the pictures, but the stories accompanying them were always um extremely positive um and often in interviews too. Um, on television when these women were interviewed, there weren't really tough questions. It was a lot of softball. So, Kelsey, is that, is that what we're saying for uh, for the women associated with the Trump administration?
0: Yes, Julie, I think you did a really fabulous job of laying the landscape of the different ways women are and have been treated between the Obama administration and the Trump administration. Just to pull out a, th- a few specifics that you just mentioned, that Debbie Waltzerman Schultz spread in vogue was really interesting to me because vogue did give her a complete makeover which when you yeah. really think about it from a feminist perspective sends the complete <laughs> wrong message that we should try and be trying to send women and young young girls uh it's like it's like debbie Soch solch wasn't worthy of being featured in Vogue or wasn't good enough for Vogue unless she got this high fashion glamorous makeover that made her seem like somebody she's not because you know we might disagree with her policies but you have to respect her she doesn't she doesn't seem to value too much her appearance what she looks like when she's doing right. her job she prioritizes her job and yet yeah. the fashion magazines don't seem to To um, give her that respect, and I I actually found it really demeaning the make the makeover that yeah. they gave her.
1: <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. It's very interesting. You you see Samantha Powers at the UN, and she looks like I mean she's a she's a stunning woman and a woman, and all these women they look great. They look great, right? But you see Samantha Powers at the UN, and and and, and, and in, in, prof- in in shots of her actually doing her job, she looked tired, right? Because of course she's tired, right? She's got a big job, <laughs> and then in the Vogue spread, she's sort of laid out on this chair and her children are are playing at her feet and she's wearing this expensive uh, piece of clothing. Her hair is perfect. Her makeup is perfect. Um, You're right that in these these spreads often is their looks. That are highlighted. They might mention, "Oh yes, you know, she has this big, powerful job." Uh, but yeah, I, it, I think that's a great point, and especially with Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I mean, the one thing I admire very little about her in terms of her policy, <laughs> uh, her policies that she promotes. But I've always sort of admired the fact that she's like, "Hey, I have curly hair. Big deal, right? I'm not going to iron it. I'm not going to spend four hours on it every morning." Um, and then when she's featured in this magazine, she's um, she's she's made to look be, to look completely different. I thought that's a, that's a very Um, But again, even even lesser known women, you know, you had you had um, Senator Warren, um, you know, uh, Representative Pelosi, uh, Gillibrand, uh, uh, Texas Senator Wendy Davis. They've all been featured as these heroes, these leaders. And then women, for instance, like Michelle Bachman, who she's she got the cover, I believe it was Newsweek, and they altered her photo so that she looked creepy. Um, So even when women are and conservative women are generally not featured as leaders. Um, But when they are, uh, the story is often incredibly harsh. They're portrayed as a a sort of traitor to their sex. And then again with Michelle Bachman, you even had them altering the photos so she looked menacing.
0: Exactly. And then if if this is what these fashion magazines really value, women's appearance, uh, what they wear – uh, then you would think Melania and Ivanka would be the first two women to be featured and be plastered oh. on the covers of all of them. <laughs> One of them is a high fashion model and the other <laughs> is a, a fashion designer who designs clothes, actually high fashion looking clothes that are a little more affordable for everyday women. But they're just com- not not only completely ignoring Melania and Ivanka, and Ivanka, we've seen designers refuse to design clothes for them, which right. doesn't really matter because they um, have the good of being able to af- still afford their nice clothes. Yeah. Um, but, but they're just not just ignoring uh, Melania and Ivanka, they're writing a number of quite negative articles about them uh, based on their appearance. They're always finding something to criticize them for, whether it's Melania Trump wearing the wrong shoes, whether it's Ivanka Trump yeah. daring to have bows on the sleeves of her dress. These these women who claim that they are feminists are constantly picking out things that are wrong with these women's appearances rather than if they want to attack them for the content of what they are saying or the policies they're supporting. Of course they're doing that, but then they're really ruining any ground they have, any legitimacy they have when they come out with these very low blow attacks, which I was just find very ironic when they when they do attack conservative women based on their looks. And we know they've done this to Sarah Huckabee Sanders time oh, and yeah. time again. Oh, yeah. so it, just, cool. it, it just reminds me of Michelle Obama's um, famous, famous statement, when they go low, we go high. But that's just not the case that's when not it the comes case. to no. the treatment of co- conservative women.
1: Well, look, let's let's be clear. You know, the one thing I remember th- th- that I would see criticism of Michelle Obama, cruel, cruel things that they would say um, about, you know, her body shape, about the appropriateness of what she was wearing, about whatever. I don't even want to repeat them. It was terrible. And, and, and the, the, the conservatives that I respect out there would always criticize this. This is not the way we speak about the First Lady. She is not... To be discussed like that, this is not in any way relevant um, to to who she is or, or to the office. Of, of the First Lady, and, and I think that's, that's good, and, and we should expect that. Pro- I mean, I wish I would see more folks on the left criticizing the kind of commentary that we're seeing. I mean, you mentioned Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Comedians call her fat. They call her ugly. There is almost zero backlash from feminists. I mean, I love, I love that Lindy West Mrs. Body Positivity, okay, is silent on this. And all of those folks are silent. Where are the feminists? Where's Jessica Valenti coming out saying, you know what? This woman gets up in front of a crowd of barracudas every day, and, you know, she, 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 she keeps her cool, Um, And, and there's, there's, and I may disagree with her, just like we disagree with Debbie Wasserman Schultz, we can still defend her on, on, on people who, when people criticize her for her looks, which people do, people do. So I wish that we would, we would see that kind of consistency, but it appears that if you're a conservative woman, it's okay uh, to, to make sexist uh, comments to make cruel comments about your looks and and unfortunately I think that's I think that's the times that we live in i don 't see that changing
0: and I think this is exactly why a lot of conservative women and conservative men for that matter are having a difficult time associating themselves with this this new brand of new wave feminism modern day yeah. feminism, which I call a very selfish uh version of feminism where they're only focused on issues that affect themselves um right. And and they're constantly just proving, I I mean, on our weekly, on my weekly podcast on problematic women, we are constantly, um, there's always something to talk about that they're doing that's completely hypocritical, attacking women for the wrong reasons. But not only are they attacking women for the wrong reasons, they're also ignoring the real uh, injustices that women face uh, worldwide. And when I this. I'm talking about, you know, just look at what's happening in Iran right now where women are actually ripping off their hijabs in yeah. search of freedoms just like ours. And then at the Golden Globes, you didn't hear a single person, man no. or woman, speak up about them and try to right. give those women who really do actually face human rights violations where they can't wake up and choose what they're going to wear. They can't go into a sports stadium. They can't leave the country without their husband's permission these yeah, they, these are yeah. real issues that women face, and all American celebrity feminists care about are issues that affect themselves.
1: right it is it is narcissism gone wild but I you know I will also say I, I, and and I, I I think a lot of this is sort of it's it, it's sort of funny when you when you look at the 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 sort of inability for the left to really address this and really defend conservative women who are attacked for their looks. But I also think there's a serious side. Um, You know, for instance, Louisiana Democrat Cedric Richmond made some pretty vile comments about Kellyanne Conway. uh, There was a picture of her on a couch, and he made some basically some pretty vile sexual comments about it. Um, And there was almost no blowback Jake Tapper actually was one of the few people to sort of call him out on this, Um, but Jake Tapper asked Nancy Pelosi on air uh, to condemn Richmond's insults, um, and she just shrugged. She said she didn't really know the details of the situation. We saw the same reaction from Nancy Pelosi when Conyers, when it was revealed that Conyers had, had made this payout to someone that he had he had sexually harassed, they made a settlement with this woman, and she sort of just shrugged and didn't really condemn him. It took her something like ten days. I mean, I really do feel like there is a a normalizing, and that's dangerous. I think it's there's a normalizing of the cruelty and and really the the sort of sexual uh the the very vile sexual comments of conservative women it's still not allowed if you're a liberal woman or if you're a liberal female entertainer uh but but conservatives seem to to be left out of a lot of of the standards um that the left has so i i i do i mean i think a lot of this is kind of amusing to talk about but i do think there is a serious side to this
0: and i do think that a lot of members of the mainstream media are complicit in a way they're not necessarily um you know, your top reporters in Washington and New York are not out there condoning this behavior but, or, right. or doing it themselves, engaging it in themselves, usually it's the lower level online bloggers that you see doing this. But the reality is they're not holding, the mainstream media is not holding these quote-unquote feminists accountable when they right. do say this. Um, I think it's very rare that you see them called out on TV, I think the one you just mentioned um Involving Kelly and Conway is one of the rare occasions where someone was attempted to be held accountable. I actually was at the Washington Press Club Foundation's uh, mm-hmm. congressional dinner when that comment was made, and I was in the same room with a lot of members of the press from the mainstream media, and I I could not believe he made that comment. And I looked around, and everybody seemed to kind of be laughing, and it, it didn't seem yeah. um, to strike them in the way that you know it would had that comment been made against a female in uh, President Obama's uh, White House.
1: Absolutely. Well, listen, Kelsey, this has been a, a great conversation, um, very enlightening, a little bit depressing. But um, <laughs> but I think that, uh, I look, I think what the work that you're doing uh, with your podcast and highlighting these issues is really important, and we hope we can highlight them as well. Thanks so much for joining me.
0: Yes, Julie, I appreciate it, and we love the work you're doing on this issue as well.
1: Thanks, Kelsey. Well, listen, everyone, thanks for tuning in. This has been another episode of the Working for Women podcast. Check us out at IWF.org.
0: If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, please give it a thumbs up, share it on social media, or stop by IWF.org for similar content.